Working Interferences is intended for mature audiences. Since the hosts never grew up, someone needs to be the adult. Welcome to Working Interferences with Lance and Holly, the dental advice podcast for the average dentist. Here is Lance and Holly. What is up? Working Interferences listeners, this is your host, Lance Timmerman, and joined again, my beautiful wife, Holly. That's me. So, um... Uh, two days from my birthday, just so everybody knows, right. bitches, May 29th. May is 29th day, is... Day to celebrate. We're in Gemini season. 29 again. How many 29s does this make? I... You're the only one that keeps <laughs> calling me fucking 29. I'm 51 and I'm owning that shit. <laughs> I have earned every one of those goddamn days. Okay, that, that went I'm sideways. I'm a fucking hot 51 year old. <laughs> Let's go with that. I was just—it's May 29th. Hey, you're 29. May 29. It's a trigger thing. All My right. dad used to be like, "Your mom's 29." I'm like, "You're a fucking dick." Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> we, I have lots to unpack. I there's some daddy issues here that I, I need to be in. Th- that's why I'm in therapy. Shouldn't really go into it here this isn't the place let's just let's wrong just, podcast wrong podcast um well maybe this will be a murder podcast uh, sooner than later there we go <laughs> a live murder caught on tape exactly so um we actually had a bonus episode that may never see the light of day that at the time we were all so excited for <laughs> until we came to our senses and Lance had to edit and he says to me, do you think I need to listen to this the whole time? I'm like, yeah, we were all pretty <laughs> Napa Valleyed out. I, uh, sometimes in the past, sometimes if I just lined everything up and cleaned up the sound a little bit, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do much more than that. And, and what it would allow me to do is just release it. But this one, I actually said, was there anything in there we talked about that I need to make sure I delete or anything like that? The problem is none of us could remember what we, we said. We didn't remember a damn thing. And it was like a three-hour podcast. No, it was, it was one hour and 39 minutes that felt like four hours. Okay. But... Uh, I don't know. It was, it it was, was workable. Kind of a shitstorm. And I feel bad because Wayne was excited. He, he even texted me, hey, I, I want to hear my drunk podcast. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get that released today. And then the more I was editing, the more the I legend liked. was supposed to be on here. So maybe Lance <laughs> can find a snippet from that podcast to put into this podcast. It's something that doesn't sound completely incoherent. But that's going to take more work. That would be maybe next episode. I know, but Wayne would be very I know, excited. I know. I'm just saying that. That would have to be next episode because that file is actually at the office oh, and I'd have to whatever. go back. And So it, actually, does anybody care? So if people want to hear it, um, write us in. Write in. write in shit. I know. Well, Motherfuckers. <laughs> they write in some. Lazy asses. It comes in waves as far as feedback. But um, it was uh, surprisingly slurry. Um, yeah. <laughs> we had been to several wineries that day, and then we were finishing off with uh, Wine with the Podcast. Wine with Wayne. Wine with Wayne. And, and it was a great time. Fun was had by all. Oh, it was all delightful. Three of us. It was great. <laughs> we had a fantastic time. <laughs> but uh, that might just have to be the secret episode. Or maybe if we had a Patreon, we would have... Uh, Patreon only can get a copy of that that shit show. Yeah, because it doesn't need to be given to the public. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> or I could so, send people a file. So you need to like Here's. pay in to get that shit. <laughs> but we um, we had a good time. We tend to, with the three-day work week, we have long weekends where we can run off to wine country for a, a But we're beer, pretty stingy. Like, we watch for great flights we're not these kind of people that are like oh 700 flight not a big no, deal no, no we're, we're using gonna miles. figure shit out and not have to pay that much for yeah, it yeah we're using i mean we're we're a 90 minute flight to san francisco so it's it's not a long flight you can do it with miles yeah and, we don't we don't generally fly into santa rosa which is the airport right there in napa valley um because they only have two flights from seattle and yeah, it's morning and an evening super inconvenient generally and it usually costs a lot more yeah so it, it's inconvenient so, so we, we drive <laughs> get to san francisco and then drive the hour up into napa which is fine because we always get a car mm-hmm. and so we had a great time we got to see what were the wineries we saw bys give some okay. shout outs to the some yes bys patrick at bys who was an incredible uh tasting room supervisor um it had a great great zen vibe um, they, you walk in and, you know, it's very colorful and beautiful. It's very boho chic with an well, Asian and flared vibe. We liked the, the label so much that when we're going to have give as gifts to patients, but yeah. it's, it's kind of like Holly is the, the type that wins, uh, office pools with, she was a bet on football teams cause she would choose them based on the colors <laughs> and and you know, you try to throw logic in there and say, I'm gonna beat you and then she ends up winning. So here's here's a wine that it's got a beautiful label and then we taste it. It just happens it's actually pretty good too. Yep. And I'm like, This is our news <laughs> patient wine when they do big cases this is yeah. what they get to go take home yeah we, we tell patients hey feel free to try to stain your teeth because they won't because exactly. they're porcelain veneers and and it's just a fun little way to to make sure that our wine purchase is a business expense yeah i mean <laughs> so. and they love it and they appreciate it and they're like holy shit this is actually a nice bottle of wine and we're like yeah we're, we're not giving franzia to people so yeah no box wine from here we had uh, one patient we had done a big case on and, and we gave her a bottle and it was a Castella de Amorosa bottle. And, and she didn't really know. So she had friends over. They were sharing the bottle. And her friend looked it up and went, oh, shit, this is... This is a good bottle of wine. And then she was pissed at herself that she's sure. sharing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, so we went to B-Wise. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to William Cole, which had really cool history. They have one of the first uh, women uh, winemakers ever. And the house... the it's kind of, I don't know if you would consider it a house or a castle or a kind of in-between um, feel of it, um, but it's a historical site in Napa Valley now. They had it um That's right. They got it declared. Them, yeah. <laughs> so that they could have a winery there. Um, but there's a lot of history. That's a really cool one. And their um, tasting room... Uh, supervisor that was there. She was amazing. Her name was Marley. And I was like, oh my God, I have a friend named Marley. And that's the reason I remember her name. Because okay. I was like, I'd never heard anybody else name that other than the dog in that movie. And <laughs> Marley was, and me. I was like, holy shit. And that dog dies. Yeah. Oh, spoiler spoil. alert. I hope I didn't ruin it for anybody listening. Shut up. <laughs> um, She was amazing. She was full. I mean, she had so much information about Napa Valley and the wine industry and the history of the piece of property that it was on. She was phenomenal also. 
And then we had that day we had, um, God, my brain just went blank. John, John from Oregon. Oh, that's Castillo. Oh, that's Castillo on Thursday. Yeah. We went to them and John from Oregon. Shout out. Um, we're wine club members at the castle. And so, um, we kind of get a different type of tasting. And so it's really fun when you go up there into the, like, uh, Romeo upper, upper room, room, the Romeo and Juliet balcony <laughs> tie a style room and you get to taste wines. It's uh, really kind of a lot cool. less suicide though. In that yeah. room. Um, yeah. So there's that, but it's such a cool place to go. If you ever get a chance to go to Napa Valley, um, you have to go to the castle you have to, I mean, you just have to go there. Yeah. Chateau Montalena. Um, Didn't go there this time, no. but that, that is a, that's a... But where else did we go? Why can't I think of where we went? went uh, we went to the one, the camera place. Aperture was Aperture. on, was our first one on Friday. Yeah, that was a really cool one. Yeah. Um, His dad a, was Andy Katz, the photographer. And so Jerry, I think, is the winemaker. And um, the, the building itself... Look, the ceiling looked like uh, an F-stop twelve. I mean, it was the it was an aperture, and it was just really cool. And then, it had a kind of like a outdoor safari kind of feel. Um, it, it's so beautiful. You're right at the level of the grapes, and you, all you see is vines from miles. And, and there's miles just enough of an incline that you get to see all of it, yeah. as opposed to just having the first few it's yards. Spectacular. Their wines are great too. And then where did we go after that? I feel like I have to just look at my bottles because I can't remember shit. Well, because we also just had shit stuff sent home. Um, we went to, oh, um, it was like the one that had the beautiful gardens. Something. Mel- oh, A. Raffinelli. Yes, A. Raffinelli. That was, uh, yeah, I got to stand. They had a whole bunch of hummingbird boxes or feeders uh, hanging from a tree. And so um, I went and just kind of stood near the the feeders the birds fall fly away but if i just stood still they just came right back yes. and flew right by right by my head they actually as they move around it sounds this is going to sound nerdy but that's that's me it sounds like lightsabers and we know this because we actually have functioning lightsabers at our house <laughs> we went to disneyland we're and- like the super geeks that went to disneyland <laughs> and went through the production site to make, make your our own. own that's right so I wasn't going to share that, but... I don't care how nerdy people think we are. <laughs> we have a fucking good time, so everybody can Fuck kiss yeah. my ass. Um, so, but, yeah. So, I'm, I'm trying to think. Where was our third place we went that on, day? On that Friday, that was the, like, Perry King or the Just, Pezzy eh, King. Pezzy King. See? That was right. Perry King, Penny and, King. Yeah. It wasn't a spectacular experience. It was more of a... Here's our wines. Well, it's, it's a downtown tasting room. Yeah. So, it's, it's just a place to pour a little explain a little but unlike the vineyard visits where you're amongst the vines um it's definitely going to be a different different feel but i did like swagger vineyards that place was beautiful well i i their winemaker is a badass he literally fought the fires when they came up to their edge. so when the fires are coming there he's literally literally there with the hose and which basically means if it, if he he's fighting the, the flames and if it works great he's preserved he kept the fire from continuing but if it doesn't work 
he's you're dead. gonna die but the thing is he had his own fucking fire truck because he used to yeah. be a firefighter so he bought his own fucking fire truck to fight the fires and he saved his house he saved all the vineyards he saved yeah. the winery he saved fucking everything and when the firefighter showed up he's like just get your get to work i need someone up there and i need someone there there's yeah. here's where the water is here and i'm just like that is a badass it's a very maker. cool location you so it's kind of up in the hills in between sonoma and napa so you have to kind of drive zigzaggy up and, and you're seeing all this destruction and, and dead trees that are burned out and then suddenly oh, you see exactly where the fire came up to yeah i mean and it was literally to the edge of the vineyard right i'm just saying that people aren't going to be driving by when they're going doing a napa trip oh, and yeah. just kind of swinging you by. have to go up and this, this is up the happening. hill and a you know, windy road that you feel like you're you're not supposed to be there and then suddenly the spectacular the guy vineyard, comes out there yeah. with a couple glasses for you. Oh, he met us at our car. It was awesome. <laughs> Hadn't even he gotten to ready the to rock chair. And, and he's like, we're ready for you. He's like, let's bring it. So, I was like, sign me up. That was pretty fantastic. But yeah, it was a really good time. I mean, we love Wayne. Wayne is always up for a good time. He planned out all of these places for my birthday, which I super appreciate. And... Yeah, we yeah we love spending time with him. His wife was sick, so we didn't get to see her. She Sorry. got the Rona. She did get the Rona. She was in quarantine, hiding in a part, upstairs bedroom. Yeah, part yeah. of her house. And but usually we she joins us and we have some, some fun times. But no, nah, not this time. This time we just got Wayne all to ourselves. Yeah. But so, next, so we had fun. Um. All right. So uh, we had a few things that we wanted to kind of talk about of that happened this week. Uh, that either happened at our office or even Brianna was sharing some stuff with us that we were, we were going to just kind of vent. This is our catharsis for the week. So we had a new patient come in actually the week previous. Um, but we could tell from the get-go that she was trouble. And I kind of, I didn't even really want to, I, I wanted to kick her out before I even yeah. saw her. But she was already in the chair. We'd already taken some x-rays. My hygienist was getting in the process. So, um, we we needed to try to find some way to save face and not just you know I'm I, you don't want to just say hey you know I, I kind of get a bad vibe from you get out because you're getting a one star review and it's right. just going to look bad so I looked at the X rays here's a woman that's missing a bunch of teeth got a bunch of every single tooth in her head has a restor- a crown of some sort or a part of a bridge an abutment for a bridge I mean she's eighty years old was she no she wasn't that old she's maybe. 69 or 70 something like that all right she's she's old and someone that age well I'm somebody sure she's who's 80. old and doesn't care about her oral health yeah but i mean she had um she had radiographic calculus that was that was tremendous well and she made the comment before she went once she sat down with the hygienist yeah i'm always a profi i've never been anything but a profi i go two times a year and um but i haven't been since before covid and, you know, don't try to tell me I need quad therapy or anything because I'm never going to do it. It's okay. So here's all these red flags flying up. And I, I didn't even know half of that until this week after right. the fact. Um, but I just knew that uh, this lady's not a profi, but she was already given so much, enough attitude. I hadn't even gone in there yet when, mm-hmm. I, when I knew that I needed to just go in there, go through the motions. We... we I looked in her mouth, talked about a few things. We perio charted. We did all of her x-rays. We, you know, did, you know, she was there for. She had a a fair amount of recurrent decay under all these. I wasn't even sure how many teeth would be actually savable. Right. So I wanted to, okay, I, I, 
I definitely took the easy way out, non-confrontational thing here. I'm going to refer to the periodontist, and after we find out which teeth can be saved, now we can work up a treatment plan and what to do. Because I would certainly hate to treatment plan redoing crowns and bridges if we're just going to pull the teeth. Right. And then, okay, well, if we're going to pull the teeth, what are we going to do? Are we going to replace them with a partial? Are we going to do a complete denture? Are we doing implants? What's, what's the plan here? But I could tell this is a person that she doesn't give two shits, so she's not going to spend money. She spent money already, so she thinks she's already spent enough. Yeah, she thinks she's done. So, I mean, and these, these are large carious lesions underneath the crown. I, mean, I have a feeling that previous, when she had her teeth cleaned prior to COVID, that, that office probably got backed into a corner saying, fine, we're just going to polish your teeth to get you out. Because the calculus that's, that was on, that was old. from before, before, before. So, um, I have a feeling that she probably went to an office where she was able to call the shots and... and and be in charge. And that just wasn't going to fly in my office. You, 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 you obey me. Well, this, this whole bullshit Nordstrom thing of the customer's always right. That's bullshit. Well, and Nordstrom figured out that that was bullshit. Yeah. Cause they got taken advantage of. And, and but they, people seem to keep quoting that. Yeah. But the thing is, Fuck Nordstrom you. does not do that anymore. Right. They, but the people th- keep thinking they do. Well, it's cause they don't shop at Nordstrom. <laughs> That's how come they keep quoting it yeah. is because they don't shop at Nordstrom. Yeah. Nordstrom does not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yes, if you bought something at Nordstrom and you can tell them when you bought it and it's still in great shape and it's still in the box, or if it's a pair of shoes like Birkenstocks and they have fallen apart when they clearly should not have, and you can tell them when you got them, then they'll they'll replace them. But something reasonable. It's not not right. just I wore these for three years and I'm tired of it. Yeah, now I've worn them out. Now I want my money back. Yeah, that, they that don't shit do doesn't that work shit anymore. anymore. They wised up. So this woman went so far because because we got message to her. Here's a referral to the periodontist. Well, before she left, I said, "Here's your referral to the periodontist, Doctor Turman. Before we move forward, we want to know what teeth can be saved. So we want them to go through and do a full assessment on you." And here's the referral. I can send over all of their extra, all of your x-rays to them. It was done very professionally. Yeah. But because now we've in, in, uh, involved a doctor who isn't going to be in her insurance network um, because her insurance only covers the bare minimum. And that's why she has always been a profi and she refuses to spend any money on her mouth. And I hate to say it. You get what you fucking pay for. Mm-hmm. And so she sends an email saying, you know what? I don't think I, I don't think Dr. Timmerman did an exam. I'm like, yes, he did. He came in and, you know, talked about the weather and things, but that, that, that he didn't do an exam. I mean, you know what? If, if I, if you open your mouth and I looked, that's a fucking exam. You might not think it's a, go, a good exam, but it was an exam. But if you've gone through and you've already looked at all of her x-rays and then you go in there and you look in her mouth mm-hmm. to Get a diagnostic opinion. Yeah. Make sure that what you saw in the x-ray is what you're thinking is wrong. Mm -hmm. That is a fucking thorough. That's an exam. And then you do, you know, Itero scans and you'd have all of your radiographs and you've got fucking photographs, photographs and period charts. What the fuck do you think an exam is? It's a gathering of information to make an educated decision on your health. I have no idea what, because we had that one person, it was like, like five years ago, uh, you know, something, oral cancer, he didn't do an oral cancer screening on me, therefore that wasn't an exam. Well, I didn't get a Visalite or anything out there and shine a light in there to, to look for cancer. But if I went in there and I'm, and I'm looking, part of my 
exam includes soft tissue analysis. I didn't see cancer. I didn't sit there and narrate for you, Mrs. Jones, every, looking for cancer on your tongue, and now I'm looking for cancer on your lip, and now I'm... I didn't do that. I'll, I'll agree with that. Well, and when I go in for my gynecology exam, when she does a breast exam, she's not saying, I'm going to pinch your nipple now, and I'm going to go around your areola, and I'm... Fuck, I don't want to know all that shit. Just get it done. Yeah. So, uh, in both instances, they contacted the insurance, and the insurance was trying to get their money back, and we're like, fuck you. We did the exam. And then we just had to show chart notes that we did, and, and it was a done deal. They they agreed with us. By the time well, we were done, they're like, oh, yeah, that's an exam. Right. And her, so she but contacted- the fucking Karens are all, mm, I they shouldn't have to pay for this. Fuck well, you. it's because you didn't get, you weren't told what you wanted to get told. Yeah. That's we, why you're mad. We didn't agree with you and your stupid piece of shit opinion. Well, we didn't agree with the bullying you did with your other doctor. Yeah. And, and we didn't agree with getting steamrolled and being spineless like the last office. Well, and... Go back. You assholes that do bend over and take it up the ass to people like that, you're the problem. Yeah. You're enabling them so, to expect that. Um, if I sound condescending, I am. So, yeah. get your shit together. But, yeah, so that happened. And, yeah, she was not very happy with me. Yeah. Next up was uh, Brianna, our Wednesday evening dinner, yeah. uh, our wine dinner with our daughter, our oldest. Um, she helps run the front desk in a, a group practice. So she gets a different flavor um, when she goes to work than what we have at our place. So it was interesting that she and her friend Hannah were upset or just kind of bummed that they had a staff meeting. And she goes, staff meetings are stupid because it just is a bitch fest. It's, it's like the people are complaining about the front desk and we're like, we're right here. You're talking about us like we're not even in the room. We're in the room, but you're shitting on us. But who's running this <laughs> fucking thing? So what, what that I means found- that she has absolutely no leadership in her office. If that's what's being allowed to happen, mm-hmm. it means that her bosses are pieces of shit bosses because well, I, I somebody found a- should be in charge. I've my. My personal feeling is if you haven't worked with a professional coach in the dental setting in some capacity, um, you're just making it up. And so you know that you should have staff meetings. So you're checking the box of we had a staff meeting and it sounds like it's just a free for all. There's no structure. There's no agenda that was created. No one's taking notes about what was talked about for the to, to refer to later on and and. You know, is there an actionable items list and and all these kinds of things? I find it it sounds to me like they just are doing a staff meeting to say they had one, but there's no structure at all. And it just becomes a bitch fest to to blame everything on the front desk. Well, and that being said, it's all you're doing is building animosity amongst your team members. Right. When you have something like that. When it's a group that size, there's definitely a delineation. Here's the front desk, the, cl- the administrative staff, and then there's the clinical staff, and then there's the producers. And there's, there's a, certainly subgrouping amongst all of those. It does seem like there's a, a, a breeding ground for animosity in that, in that place. Well, get, get control of it. I mean, if you're having a staff meeting and somebody says, the front desk needs to do this. Oh, no. You, when you have a staff meeting, you've just started an AA group. I feel like (laughs) this, or I feel, you know, maybe I feel like the front desk, maybe to help us, this would be great. Not I and they, 
Because yeah. when you do an I and they, your your office is going to blow up. Yeah. So there there was it was a, a tinder box or a powder keg of, so, of yeah. And so Hannah and Brianna walked away and they were pissed as fuck. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys, you two can come work at our office. Dad and I'll take care of you. I would love to have those two. Oh my god! If we if we had those two in our front desk, if the fucking uh, commute wasn't two hours yeah the commute just just wouldn't work but i mean it it kind of going hand in hand with that is is her her observation of the staff reviews uh it it seems to me a lot of dentists actually i think a lot of staff members also think that staff review means i'm going to get a raise it's time for a raise and so a staff review a performance review now is a chance for the doctor to shit on you in front of your face to you to prove why you don't so you don't deserve a raise Rather than give constructive criticism and here's where, where we need some work and this is how we can pr- improve performance, and stri- I, I really think that performance reviews should never be attached to wages, increase, decrease, or anything because that's how you're going to perceive the review is, is a way you're wanting to get more money, they're wanting to cut costs, and it's just going to be a, a, a battle of wills. And, well, yeah, nobody wins. And-, and it wasn't constructive. What was the point? You know, and all Brianna thought was, well, maybe I fucking shouldn't work here. Yeah. Apparently I suck and I shouldn't even be here. And now I need to dust up my resume and get ready to find something else. Cause but then on the same, you know, five minutes later, he's like, oh, you guys are doing so great. Blah, blah, blah. blah. You just fucking shit all over me. <laughs> are you like got some kind of bipolar situation happening? Yeah. Either I'm doing a good job or I'm not. I'm not. Wait, Make up your fucking what, mind. What, what, what the hell? So, um... I, I think everybody, Sandy Pardew is a fantastic coach. Is She's out there. Um, yeah, find yourself. There, there's there's a, a lot good, of coaches. We've had, a, we've had coaches. Mm-hmm. Some good, some bad. We were, um, our first coach was um, kind of a Blatchford style of a coach. And it was administrative as well as talking about philosophies and things like that. And I think as long as people, it, it was also way back in the day when people had mission statements and, and vision statements and things, which have become kind of cliche and pedantic at this point. Uh, you don't need to do that. No, but I do think that you should have a mission statement as to how you expect, if you're going to be a part of this team, this is how I expect you to focus this. I, you know, patient care is our number one thing. Mm-hmm. So um, we did have, uh, you know, this this was a week where I was actually having a little bit of trouble finding the the content that, that we wanted to. Well, I had some content that we decided that's too much, uh, too content. There's a lot of assholes out there with little acolytes that if we would have gone down that road, I think we would have put targets on our back and it would have been ugly. So I'm just going to say... I'm going to go back to what I said a couple episodes ago. And if there are people out there that you are following for real business information that have absolutely no business giving you business strategies because they don't own a fucking business, you need to delete them. Well, you or, need or, to not be a part of them because other people see you on those sites and think, oh, blah, blah, blah. She, I totally respect her. She follows her. This must be a good thing to pay attention to. And whether you want to... No, if, if, if the other people think that you're... They, 
when they realize the other person, the curtain is pulled and that person that is a piece of shit, they're going to say, oh, you're a piece of shit too because I only followed them because, because of, of you. you. So, Because you, make sure... What what pisses me off is when I see people with the, I'm the number one dentist in this location and they show their before and afters on their website, but they're fucking copies of the other websites. You do the the reverse search, reverse photo search, and you can find out who actually put the photo up first. That's that's a red flag, but that's a lot of homework. No one's going to go through that homework to do the reverse search. But there's, yeah, but you, I mean, there are some seriously fucked up dentists out there who are not practicing dentists that are on social media that are stealing other people's work, stealing other people's programs, stealing other people's ideas. Just shy of taking white out and and cut cut, the other person's pasting their names over the top. They're just, just shy of that. They actually used good software. So you can't see the the white you, out. You need it's literally to not, not their content. Be doing any type of business, whether you're following them, you're paying their, their dues to get their special videos or whatever the fuck they and are. And I don't care how many followers they've got that you can pay to get followers. Well, that's, that's the other you, thing. You've is, got, and there are, or, well, I was a keynote speaker at this, this meeting. Well, that just means that someone knew someone that pulled a string. Well, and that's the other thing that kind of cracks me up is, you know, you look at some people and you're like, oh, he must be a really great guy. No, he's not. He just knew somebody who could get him a spot to speak at this meeting. Well, fuck, I was at Chicago Midwinter because I knew someone. Well, you knew someone, but like when you went to China and spoke, Mm -hmm. it's because the creator of that product wanted you to come and speak. And he was like, no, he knows his shit. I want him to come and take my place since I can't go. He handpicked you. And that's very Because I knew someone. I knew someone. Well, you knew. I knew the the guy. The guy. (laughs) Not not a rep. Yeah, it wasn't a rep. Not a rep who set me up to to get some extra extra cushion work. Or that one, there's a company out there where they pay him $5,000 a month. And that's how they get now the leads to, to lecture. They're paying people to get to lecture and not, and they'll, they'll get their honorarium and everything. But essentially this, this guy is the, is $5,000 a month finders fee. It's, it's crazy. And whenever you find out people are a part of that, you're like, I just lost a little respect for you. Well, you just do. You lose respect for people. Like there's one I'm thinking of right now. He lost his rep for whatever he was lecturing for. And now he's losing lecturing. Because that rep was the one that was because it was the rep, and the rep left the company and decided to go and work for another company. Yeah, you know. So um, we're just shy of putting the targets on our back. That's why we're talking in circles without getting too specific. (laughs) Because I got a bunch of then I got screenshots of of uh, people that were messaging behind each other directly that would have then supported our point. But I I think if I opened that ball of can of worms. I, I just I, want to protect those that deserve to be protected. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to all of a sudden be villainized because, because we're talking about, it. I don't have 90 so. million followers. So it's, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a thing. So we did have, um, we did have a Reddit. Reddit. All right. We have a Reddit this week. So, um, okay. 
but before I do that, you wanted to put something out? Well, we're thinking of getting hats, t-shirts, swag, swag, and we need some ideas of things to put on the swag um, from the podcast and kind of design ideas. So if anybody has any that they'd like to send us over through Instagram, um, that would be Just like if we had a t-shirt that said, here's the thing. Or... Um, you stupid cunt or, you know, things like that. <laughs> I don't think we're going to do that one. <laughs> I want a sweatshirt that says that. Okay, you're okay. a stupid cunt. <laughs> yeah, I'm, we'll, we'll be working. So it's, uh, clearly it's a work it's in a project. Work in progress. <laughs> but we might do so, WID. Yeah. Just Those, three big letters. If you know, WID. you know. If you know, you know. <laughs> So, okay. So here's, this is one from this uh, subreddit of dentistry. Um, Cause OK9318 wrote, anyone else feel dumb and incompetent? And I'll be honest that, uh, yes. Every day. Me. Oh, we're having, what are we having? Telemore Dew. Oh, yeah. So we have a little whiskey neat for the evening. A little Telemore Dew. It's nice and smooth. nice and warm. It's a Kentucky hug right there for you. No, it's not. It's an Irish hug or whatever, or Scottish wow. hug. I don't know. Uh, we should look up where Telemore Dew is from. Can't be a Kentucky hug because it's not from Kentucky. I'm on it. That's just the way it works. Okay, so I'm a military doc who has been practicing for a year, and I feel like I barely know what I'm doing sometimes. I graduated with a trash GPA and a trash class rank and was not accepted to any AEGDs and was just expected to go and start practicing. And while I'd say I'm pretty good at fillings, I feel like that's pretty much all I'm good at. And even then, I have lots of patients come back because the restorations are in hyper-occlusion. I haven't done a single root canal, even in school. I only did four, and the most canals was just two. My crown preps are ugly, rough, and nearly flat. I feel so iffy with surgical extractions. I'm only recently feeling like I'm getting good at identifying when interproximal decay should be restored. When it comes to dental materials, I feel like I know nearly nothing. I am like a trained ape who just uses what he was trained to use with little knowledge or understanding of of the what's or why's. I have other docs in my clinic and I talk with them, but that's not like receiving direct instruction. I also have access to tons of CE with the military, but again, a one-off lecture on some advanced endo topic isn't really going to do much to help the guy who only ever did four root canals and hasn't done any in a year. I had considered trying again to get into some sort of residency, but it feels hopeless because of how bad my grades and rank are. It's just kind of discouraging when I think about it. Any advice or encouragement? Well, my first question to you was, what country is he in? Because like here, we don't really do residencies for dentistry. And yeah, they, well, not really. Yeah. You, you just weren't aware of it because we weren't even entertaining the thought. But there's a, a GPR, a general practice residency, is, is pretty much every school has, has residencies. Um, but still, that's, that's fairly limited. But I know like in... Uh, when Chris was here, he had to do a residency before he could. Right. Move uh, on. Other places, you basically have to. Those are more um, like an apprenticeship. You have oh, okay. to. You have to go work there with some, under someone's supervision for the first year, and then okay. and then go. Here we we do have residencies, but they're usually hospital based. Um, so like Andy Thompson, he went to the University of Utah and and did a, a GPR down there. Gotcha. Him and Mary. They have them. They and and they're. They're good. Every residency has their own strength. Um, 
So some residencies, they actually finished that year. They've done a, a whole bunch of implants. So they can, that, that would be a residency that, uh, worthwhile. But if you were someone who wanted to go into pedo, you certainly don't want to do anything like that. So, right. um, so anyway, this person should understand, okay, you've only been out for a year, so don't be too hard on yourself. And we all, despite all of the extra CE that I've done, there are days where I feel like a piece of shit and incompetent and dumb. So that and dental school basically teaches you how to survive. It pretty much teaches you just how not to kill someone. Yeah. That's about it. And so there you learn as you go. And in the military, if you don't have anybody there that's been out for a long time that kind of is mentoring you. That makes it a little bit harder to just be like, okay. Well, you kind of hit it on the head where it's just get out and get your reps. Unfortunately, in the military, I think you're going to have a limited scope of services to offer. So you, well, you've got a lot of reps and fillings. He's, he's done a bunch of fillings. But that's kind of because the military, like when my cousin was in the military, that I don't think crowns were an option. Or even like Trent Loizo was in the Air Force. And he says he did a lot of heroic amalgam crowns. He didn't do crowns, but he did these ginormous amalgams. Okay. Things that in the real world, I probably would have done a crown. Right. Um, so this person probably doesn't have the, um, well, he did say that he, he's got some crown preps, but they looked really rough and ugly. So unfortunately, it just means someone someone should probably just give you some critis- uh, constructive criticism on your work to tell you, okay, that's over, over tapering or... So maybe what I would suggest is, you know, being... A doctor in a multiple multiple doctor office. Well, and then the military is that, but I think he needs to get out of the military. But that's what I mean. Get out of the military and go into a, a an a office. That's, a group. Yeah, a group that has multiple docs there that he can pick their brain and they can get help him. And and I think and I don't know of any other office that actually does this, but every time I've I've gone and and worked in another clinic. Uh, I've always suggested, I said, I think we need to have a calibration meeting. So we're all on the same page. Like if we're going to be doing a treatment plan, this is why I always hated doing someone else's diagnosed treatment. So they're on my schedule to do a, an MOD. And I sit down and I look and, and it's mostly old filling. And I'm going to just replace this with a gargantuan fill. No, this should be a crown. Well, we should all be on the same page. And when's the right time to pull the trigger on, on doing a crown? So calibrate it. So I think if you could find a group practice and then at least hang out with them for a bit to find out, okay, if this happens, if then, you know, the old computer programming thing, if then, if this tooth has this much filling, then the next time it's, it's not a filling. It's in my, my personal opinion is if, if it's already been filled twice, this, the next time is probably going to be a crown. Um, if it's a very, very conservative filling, a clusal groove that, that got filled and, and had recurrent decay, could probably do a filling again. But if it was a ginormous filling the first time and has recurrent decay, it probably is going to be a crown the next time uh, because it's just going to be a longer-lasting restoration. But those are all kind of gray areas that dentists can get in a room and argue of, uh, well, I would do a filling. Well, I would do a crown. It is a, it's kind of a personal philosophy but I think if you're going to be in a group, they all should be pretty similar in philosophy. Because I, I always refused to do these heroic fillings. I'm just like, no, we're doing crowns. If you if you really want a filling, you got to reschedule with the the doctor that told you this. Most of the time, I didn't get any resistance. Yeah. Like, so I just did the crowns. But 
But I mean, I feel bad for the guy because, you know, he seems to be pretty focused on where he was at as a standing as when he graduated from dental school. Mm -hmm. And no one gives a shit. I'll be honest. Guess what? I I, I think I was the bottom. When you get out of dental school, guess what? You're a dentist. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if you were at the top, you were at the bottom. That that joke, that punchline of, you know, what do you call the guy that graduated bottom of his class? Doctor. Doctor. I mean, I'm literally that punchline. Well, and you felt like a piece of shit. I did. Until you started going to actual... No, I still feel like a piece of oh, shit. shut up. No, I... Shut up. Okay. When you started going to actual educational CE, you your mind was blown. You were like, this is what I, I could be doing? Yeah. I When I learned what could be, is when I uh, changed my mind about my career path. Because I hated my career path right in the middle of dental yeah. school and right after graduation. After about two years of, of floundering and everything that we ended up doing, at the two-year mark is when I finally was like, oh, this doesn't suck. But even at the one-year mark, so one year in where this person's at, I still hated dentistry. dentistry. So, So he's not alone. And I'm sure he's not truly alone i'm sure there's thousands of guys that feel the same exact way and the only ones you ever really hear from are the guys that don't feel that way Mm -hmm. or the guys that are trying to convince everybody else that they're not a piece of shit Mm -hmm. provider and so i you know for him my big recommendation would be get yourself into a group practice and spend the money and get some good CE. And I think the the best place, a lot of people I've talked with, well, I want to learn to walk before I run. And so they, they would put off the, the high producing CE because they just want to focus on just the regular, they call it bread and butter. But I disagree. I think a great place to start is, is learn implants. Go to Implant Pathway and, and with Justin Moody, learn how to do a single implant but it's going to open up the world of all the other things that go along with it. How to extract a tooth, how to bone graft. Well, it also opens up a brotherhood or a camaraderie of different docs who are doing the same thing you are doing that you can ask questions to that you can, you know, send a text message to say, Hey, I was in this class with you, blah, 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 blah. And you get these friendships. I mean, Mm -hmm. for fuck's sake, we know everybody. I feel like, Anytime we go anywhere for dentistry, it's like, yeah, but it's because you've been in so much CE. I've we, crossed paths with a do. lot of people. Mm-hmm. And you communicate with a lot of them a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And that's how you do it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to see people's struggles and failures. So you're not alone. And then many times you, you look at their x-rays and, and you go, oh, so when it comes, when it happens to you, you kind of are already aware of it's not the end of the world and it's, this is how to handle it. Well, and I feel bad for this kid, you know, if he has any struggles with anxiety or depression, that makes it all the worse and it fucks with you and you feel like you're trash and you're a piece of shit and it's no. And I mean, you're with the military. I'm sure they've got counseling services available to you. You probably should take advantage of, of the therapy that they would have available. Oh, a thousand percent. I so. mean, cause you know, it was quite the mind fuck for us the first year you were mm-hmm. practicing and it was so stressful that I was like, we're never going to be able to do this. Yeah. It, this is insanity. 
This so. was a big mistake. That was a but. very common common thread. So on that happy note, let's uh, let's wrap things up. Um, You're such a quitter. Let's wrap things up. What time is it? Well, we've been doing oh. this for almost an hour. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. Um, rate and review us. Give us some feedback. Give us five stars. Rate us on Apple uh, uh, Podcast app and uh, give us five stars. Um, you can. Where can people find you if they want to give us questions? Globetrotter Grub on on Instagram, Instagram, and Winterferences on Instagram, Winterferences on Twitter, and is it Winterferences on Facebook? Or is it? I, I think it's just a Facebook page called Winter. It's it's all the social bullshits. Social bullshits. Um. I am Dr. Timmerman. No, Dr. Timmerman DMD on Instagram and um, and Twitter. So, uh, and don't get offended because I don't really accept friend requests from people I don't know on Facebook. So, if you look for me on Facebook and you send me a friend request, it's kind of a coin flip. If I'm gonna, I don't generally. If you've interacted with them, you've you've been pretty good. If you're just a lurker that listens, but we don't interact, you're probably just gonna get. I'm just gonna um, ignored. Yeah, because it. Nothing personal. Don't don't. It's a little weird. So do uh, globe trotter grub because it's an it's a public. um, Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, this week, I thought a good song. I mean, especially. With a, that last question, a great song to to finish with is a new one from Florence and the Machine called "Free," and it's all about her uh, and her anxiety. So the uh, the the music video is Bill Nye Nye from. I thought you were going to make it be the song I sent you yesterday. No, we're doing Florence and the Machine "Free," and okay. the the video is uh, is him being personifying her anxiety so it's a song about anxiety so for that last reddit person this song is for you for holly timmerman this is lance timmerman peace love you